This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. <laughs> good morning. I've got uh, I've got Miller in the car, and she just heard my name like through the intros, and she's like, "The Joe Ingles Show, <laughs> the Joe Ingles Jersey." <laughs> yeah, you're just dad, Joe. You're nobody to her outside of dad. No, all her friends at school call me Mister Joe Ingles, and then she comes home and like. Silly, like when she's being in a silly mood and calls me Mr. Joe Ingles. <laughs> Where does she get that sense of humor, I wonder? Yeah, she's got a bit of my uh, personality, so hopefully hopefully she, she takes more after her mother than me. It'll be a, a lot better for her in the long run. So with your personality in mind, Joe, how glad were you that Donovan Mitchell farted? I mean, started in the game. How funny was that? <laughs> How do you mix those two words up? That's not anything like, I don't, I'm not going to try and pretend I can make up a word that sounds the same, but like that's not even, the, it doesn't even sound the same. Well, of course, and you couldn't let it go either. No way, not with those guys. I'm, I'm making sure I call out everything. Yeah, let's hear it. What changed? Where did they fart? Where did they start finding success? And and what do you guys do about it in game two? I'm not sure where they fought it. Uh, um, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> I once asked a basketball coach, you've had great success, but I kind of stumbled over success and it came out, eh, maybe sex, at home. <laughs> Which the guy had well, three kids, so I guess it was accurate. <laughs> maybe, uh... Maybe someone else would have let it go, but no matter the uh, seriousness of the situation, I ain't let that go. I knew you weren't. I was laughing while I was listening. So how much better is life after a playoff win? How much better do you feel at 1-1 than you would have at 0-2? Oh, I mean, I never ever thought about 0-2, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, I mean, it feels, obviously feels good. I think we kind of got got back to our ourselves a little bit I think we um, we didn't play we didn't play well um, lots of turnovers I think they had like 16 17 offensive rebounds in that first game um, just led to some, some well a lot of easy buckets for them with the turnovers and that so um, we didn't we didn't probably move the ball as well and get the shots that we we would normally get and take. Um, and then obviously, like I said, with the 
the turnovers and that too. Um, we were just kind of on the back foot a little bit, I think, with, with their um, energy and in, in pushing the ball and running and, and like I said, off off turnovers and, and those like offensive rebounds and stuff. It's hard to, to play we wanted the way we wanted to play. So um, it was good to have have Donovan back out there and have a another um, another target, another uh, attacking um, guard who obviously they have to heavily respect and. Um, yeah, we got. I think we got back to our, ourselves a little bit from that first game. So I was interested to see how Mitchell would do right from the start, you know, because five weeks is a long time without going and playing NBA ball, and nothing you can do can recreate that. But the thing that I thought was great for him is that he looked like he hadn't really missed a beat. He came back, he didn't play as many minutes, obviously, but when he first got out on the floor, hits the three, I thought, wow, that that's the Mitchell that I saw back in April before he got hurt. How much of a boost and a jolt do you think that provided the team? Yeah, I mean, I think regardless if he was out another game or two or whatever the situation was, I think we would have been better in that. Golf was, was unbelievable and um, maybe a part of that too, the, the energy in there was, was obviously him him being back and, and healthy. Um, but yeah, like you said, just, just to have him out there and um, obviously he's still been around our group so we've still, we've still kind of had him around a bit but um, I mean, I was probably the happiest out of anyone to not have to bring out the ball every possession. So, um, yeah, it was it was great to have him out there. Like you said, I think he the the first few possessions he kind of just just let it come to him. He didn't try and force it. He didn't try and kind of come out with a bang and 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 be super aggressive. He let the game come to him, and I think he got like a catch and shoot three at some point in those first few minutes. And I think once that. Once he saw that go down, I think it was kind of like you said, like it just get kind of right back into where he where he left. So um, obviously he was on a bit of restriction. Um, I don't know how long that will last or or what the case with that is. But obviously the the more he's out there, the the better it is for our team. So I wonder how much of game two was you guys feeling, uh, I don't know if desperation is the right word, urgency, feeling urgency because you lost game one. That always seems to happen in the playoffs. But this seems different than most playoff series because I think a big part of game one, correct me if I'm wrong, but a big part of game one was your preparation. We always hear you play better when you have more preparation, and yet you found out you didn't have Donovan just a couple hours before the game. So you shoot around, you practice, the preparation wasn't the same, and I think that led to problems. Do you feel like that lack of preparation led to problems? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a little bit of a surprise. Like, like he said, and I think a couple other guys said, like we assumed he was playing. Uh, I went to have a little lay down for half an hour and I woke up, well, I closed my eyes for a bit, I don't know if I fell asleep, but woke up and, and obviously found out he wasn't playing, so um, uh, especially, I think for me, it, it probably makes the biggest difference in terms of my role. My role's very different with a full roster compared to, to one or two guys being out, so um, but I mean, it, it, I mean, it's no excuse, it's, I mean, we've played a lot of basketball without Donovan this last few weeks and um, I mean, you've got to give a, a bit of credit to them. I mean, they came out, they had to fight their asses off to, to win these last two games in the, the plane to get in and, and obviously did that. We're playing some good basketball and came in confident. And I mean, 
what we, I think we had a week off, so we were kind of sitting around waiting for our opponent for a bit. So, um, I mean, there's a, a mix of probably a few things, but uh, there, I mean, there's no excuse. I think we we had enough time to prepare, we had enough time to rest, we had enough time to, to do all those things, and obviously the the only thing that kind of took its time was was finding out who we were playing. Uh, apart from that, we we were able to do everything else. So. Um, I mean, guys are guys are in and out in an NBA season a lot, and so I mean, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I think they came out ready to play. Like I said, we 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 had x amount of turnovers and x amount of offensive rebounds, which I think really helped the, the way they played. I think we we cleaned a lot of that stuff up, um, and we're obviously adjust. And uh, like I said, I think we played a lot more like ourselves in the in the second game. So Moran has been sensational in both games. Brooks has been pretty good. Valanciunas has been pretty good. How much concern do you have defensively to make sure you keep those guys under control a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, it's Moran's a good example of one of those kind of the high volume, like he has the ball so much that, that there's going to be times where you obviously want to limit your breakdowns as much as, or not even breakdowns, but limit his um, kind of aggressiveness as much as you can, um, but but he does have the ball a lot, and he's gonna same with Brooks and same with Valanciunas. They're gonna post Valanciunas a lot. They're gonna run the sets for for Moran and for for Brooks. So we've got to be locked in on on kind of those guys, and then obviously another key is is not letting other guys get off. It's different if if Moran has forty something and and two or three other guys have twenty something. Like it's a it's a different game. So um, obviously with Brooks's foul trouble. We were we were able to kind of keep him out of the game a little bit. Um, Valanciunas had some foul trouble, and obviously Moran kind of put it on himself to, to take over, I guess. Um, so we, we just got to make it tough for him. Um, like I said, they're going to play high minutes. They're going to play obviously high volume with with the amount those, those two and three guys have the ball. So um, for for us, we know we're a deep team. We can put different guys on them. We can we can play the way we play and make them defend on the other end and, and like I said just just make it as, as tough as we can for, for the, the 40 plus minutes those guys are out there So when Memphis comes out in the third quarter and scores on 15 consecutive possessions to open the quarter, it took you guys 8 minutes to get a stop, there were a couple timeouts in there I'm just wondering, how much fun was Quinn in the timeouts? <laughs> it's always fun in timeouts um, Yeah, I mean I think yeah, they, I mean, we obviously weren't getting stopped. The, the the thing that held us in it a little bit, we, we were scoring a little bit too. Obviously, the lead got cut cut to whatever it did to at the end of that quarter. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be something. I mean, we can't. I don't know if that. I would be surprised if that happened at all all year. Really, um, it's probably the first time. Fifteen straight possessions is. Um, Obviously, that would be a sign that we, we, we needed to pick it up or whatever the case was, be more aggressive, be more physical. Um, I'm sure and have no doubt we'll watch parts of that at some point uh, today or tomorrow or the next day um, leading into this next game just, just to see um, what we can do better. Obviously, there's, there's times in games that things happen. You Obviously, we're going to give up points. We're not going to hold them to zero, but there's, there's a lot of things we can do, to, like I said, to, to make it tougher or, or harder on these guys to, to score or to get a good shot. So um, that's what it, 
I mean, it's a series. Um, that's what a series is about. You make adjustments on the fly and adjustments in games and adjustments on your, your day off. And um, so like I said, we'll no doubt we'll uh, we'll see see some of those clips and then we'll figure out what we were doing and, and obviously try and be better for, for the next one. So tell us how it all came about with you obviously knowing the Jordan Clarkson thing and then the league must have got with you or something <laughs> and then you you basically you tell him and that was a that was a unique moment especially because you were also on the list. And so in my mind, Joe, you may not be the sixth man of the year, but you're the seventh man of the year. I know, I should get a trophy or something. Exactly, sure. yes, no uh, question. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I said it at one point, like, I was surprised. Um, I didn't even know I was in the running or whatever. I, like I said, I've never played for anything like that. And, um, yeah, it was a cool... It was a cool moment, I guess, for me, and I'll probably look back on when I retire. It was, it was a cool moment just to, to even be in a conversation. I think the impact that we both make and, and the pride we have of coming off the bench and... and um, Obviously, we, we make an impact in different ways. Um, him, what, what he does and the scoring and aggressiveness he brings is, uh, is unique. I don't think you'll, you'll ever see another player like JC. I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I was, even though I was in contention for it, I was very confident JC was going to win regardless. Um, but yeah, I just got, um, I guess I got asked, um, or, or told that JC had won and, um, and then asked if I would be happy to, to present it to him. And um, I mean, it's pretty cool. I think you see a lot of these these trophies or situations get presented by family or or someone from higher up in the organisation or, or something like that. And um, I mean, it's very obvious that, that JC and I are, are very close and, and speak a lot. And like I said, I mean, it's funny. He's probably the one that's made and, and helped me feel a lot more comfortable coming off the bench and being proud to come off the bench and make an impact and trying to figure out how to make an impact coming off the bench. So, um, yeah, it was cool to, to sit in there with him and we just, um, obviously, we I, I knew what the questions were, <laughs> um, which is also why I got the first answer very quickly. Um, and then, yeah, just, just a, a pretty cool moment. I, I was... Like it was an honour to, to sit in there with him and, and to give him the trophy like that. To, it's normally a family member or, or something like that. I think it was Julius Randall's um, his, his kid. His, I think it was his son. Um, got gave him his most improved and stuff like that. So yeah, it was it was awesome. Like I said, to to hand it to him because we are close and um, obviously being kind of first and second in those votes was uh, was a cool moment. So I'm. Very, very happy that he, he won it. He, he deserves it. Um, and, yeah, next time, I, if I realize it's so close next time, I just won't pass him the ball as much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you're very close to Jordan Clarkson, and then unexpectedly you're, you're very close to Dylan Brooks. I mean, that's what I assumed when I saw he wanted a piggyback ride in the middle of the game. Oh, you flopped on that one, Joe. Come on. <laughs> he landed on my head. <laughs> Like actually on my head, like I mean, I had a lot of uh, hate mail on my Twitter account after the game from I'm assuming our Memphis fans, but um, obviously I wasn't trying to hurt him or like it was a, when you look back, it looked. I mean, it was it was. I didn't realize how high he jumped. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, it's like any situation when someone, someone jumps and and you've got a chance to to be able to get those three shots. I was trying to obviously draw a foul and get those three shots. Obviously, there was zero intention to to hurt him as much as we've gotten into it. The probably the whole time we've played each other the last few years. Um, yeah, there's obviously zero intentions to to hurt someone, but just yeah, just trying to make a play to to get those free throws and. I mean, I got the free throws, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, I definitely didn't realise how how high he jumped until until after. Did you say anything? Because you like to talk in those situations. I'm surprised you didn't scream and three. No, I actually, um, actually, really hurt my elbow. I landed on <laughs> the corner of the floor or something, something whatever was down there. Um, so I actually hurt my elbow. So I was more worried about my elbow, to be honest. So, best trash talk of the game, does it go to Donovan? Because when we got the second foul on Brooks, uh, the cameras were on him, and Twitter, you've probably seen it, came alive with the exact quote, which was very Joe Ingles-ish. Um, I'm taking no responsibility for the words that came out of his mouth. <laughs> so, any, any people out there that want to blame me can go to uh, wherever they want to go to. Um <laughs> I'm on his ass. I'm on his ass. Get him the bleep out. <laughs> Donovan was suddenly much more popular, which is hard to believe, but true. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Yeah. Amazing the things we come up with in the, in the heat of the moment in these games. So that not, was uh, go ahead. Credit to him. Good on him. So you go back to Memphis, and you know home court is a big deal, and all that stuff. How do you stay in the moment? and not get it beyond the actual play, the actual game, as opposed to, oh, we got to get one at least, and you got to get home and all that stuff, and got to four, as far as making sure you're not getting beyond what you need to do. You know, I mean, it's like you said, it's kind of possession by possession. We just got to, um, like I said, we'll, we'll watch the film from the other, well, last night, um, and, and no doubt, as always, there's things that we can work on and fix and get better at and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll do that. Um, obviously, the the focus is today having a bit of recovery and rest and um, kind of get what you need to do. And then obviously come in tomorrow and get organised and play and film and do what we do and and then uh, and then head out to the the plane. So um, yeah, we'll use the data to get ready this morning uh, to to rest and recover this morning and then. And then just get ready. Kind of take it one game at a time. Obviously, you want to try and well, we we obviously want to win both. But you go in and focus on that first one, and um, and the result happens. And then we we do the same thing. I mean, it's it's a very cliche, boring answer, but it's kind of the way it has to be with um, with a series like this. Well, Joe, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Craig Bullerjack wanted to uh, make sure you got the shout-out for uh, giving your teammate the trophy. He thought that was cool, and he wasn't uh, messing around when he said it. So nice job of that. Nice job of the W, and we will talk to you again in another week. We will. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, Joe. Joe Ingles joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, where your future is our future. Not quite sure how Grizzly fans could be. Well, I mean, they could be mad at him for other stuff that happened in the game. Oh, are you kidding? Well, I was on Twitter and I looked at it last night. Right, right off the bat, the guy who does uh, uh, eleven to two show 
He tweeted out, all refs are just making up for Mitchell not being there and giving him all the calls that he's missed the last five weeks by not playing. <laughs> when they waved off the hoop, which then they re- they they changed it early in the game on the three and the five, it was clear he got fouled in the shooting motion. That wasn't even close. Uh, yeah, That would have been an NCAA you, or high school you continuation. See you see what you see. You uh, hear what so. you hear. Mm-hmm. And then it had a whole bunch of stuff of all these Memphis people that – just went off on the refereeing, blah, 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 blah. So what do you mean? That's what they see, what they hear, what they're fans. Don't you think, though, that these they're going to have to call less fouls in the games going forward? 69 is a lot, and these two games have definitely been impacted early. Yeah, I don't care, though. It's a Saturday. I don't have to get up early. That's not what I'm talking about, and you know it. Well, that ancillary fact is true. I mean, last night I tweeted, don't these refs know it's a work day for us here? No, no, no. I mean, we're not the only ones who have to get up early. Everybody pretty much does to go to work. And geez, get on with it. Yeah, and then, and that's what I said, the idea of foul trouble dictating games is just really under my skin because I just don't see where somebody should be limited. There should be potential pen- penalties uh, if you keep uh, over six fouls or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, but what do you do, though? I don't think they're going out of their way to, man, let's just call this really tight because this series is nasty. I don't I don't see that at all. We don't got the bad boys here. There were some touch fouls early in the game. Both ways. I thought well, it was that just one extremely go bare, He gets the block tight. shot going across the middle. It's like say. he just barely grazed the bicep yeah. or something. If he even got him. Yeah, and then and yeah. There so were multiple refs. There were multiple calls made by refs that were out of their area. You know, when you're out of your area and you got a chance to be screened off, and the guy who's right there doesn't call anything, and you're out of the area and you do, and you're like, "Come on, guys, what did you see?" Yeah, right. Exactly. Moving along here. ARUP needs your help. Donating blood before a long weekend is critical. Please donate blood over the Memorial Day weekend. Call to make an appointment today at 801-584-5272 or online at utahblood.org. ARUP needs the Zones listeners to step up and donate today. That is A-R-U-P. When we return, everything you missed in this show, next, stay with us.